You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. When you're a new podcaster, you may need a little help setting everything up. Like us at Into Tomorrow, you may want a company who's there when you need them who actually picks up the phone when you call. Well, that's Blueberry Podcasting. Call 1-877-729-8642 or go to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. 26 years on the air, this is Into Tomorrow for the weekend of Friday, March 26, 2021. Happy birthday to our staffer, Beth, Beth Gatro, who's Chris's sister. Older sister. You have to put the older in there. Okay, but you only have one sister. But she's older. Right, she is. And my daughter, which makes me really old. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm losing my voice. It could be. (laughs) Don't say that. (laughs) Holy cow. But anyway, delighted to have you with us. Some more tech news and commentary, and then we'll get back to more of your calls. But if you haven't heard, there's been an issue with our app. I'm sorry. I know the tech show having tech problems. Go figure, right? Uh, but it happens to the best of us. It's like a doctor getting sick. Is it like that, I guess? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of doctor, I hope my ear, nose, and throat doctor is going to wave a magic wand soon, come up with some other alternative. But anyway. Can you do a voice transplant? I don't think so. No. I've never heard of a vocal cord transplant. They're still inflamed and swollen. And believe me, I can tell. Just you know, Hopefully they would transplant you know men's vocal cords into you. Oh, do you think? <laughs> no. See, it even hurts to do that, so I can't even play. Um, but where was I going with that? Uh, oh, right, our app. So <laughs> while our app still works for streaming and tech news and all that kind of stuff, participating with the app the last couple of months, most of them have not gotten through. We apologize. So if you've tried to participate and you haven't heard your app call, we want you to please try something new. And we're awarding prizes to the first people who do such a thing. And that is stopping by into tomorrow.com. And you'll see on the right side, not left, the right side, a little Ask Dave box, a little red thing with a microphone. And you can press that and send a recording to us that way. Yeah, on any device, whether it be your phone, your tablet, your computer, your laptop, your shoe, anything that has a browser, you'll see that Ask Dave button. And we want you to participate. You don't have to ask us anything. You might want to tell us something. Share some tech rage. Share with us your favorite app these days. Help another listener. Well, we love those calls are the best. And get the best prizes, too, when you say, ooh, you had somebody call about such and such. Here's what I did, and it worked in in addition to our answer. Whatever the case, do participate. And that's easy. Intotomorrow.com. You'll see what Chris is talking about. Do visit. According to a report from Bloomberg, Microsoft is in negotiations to acquire Discord, a messaging app for gamers, for $10 billion. Oh, my God. With a B. Oh I didn't even God. know Microsoft had that much money left. Yeah. Uh, that followed an earlier report by VentureBeat that the San Francisco-based company had received interest from several buyers. Originally launched in 2015, the chat app built initially for gamers has been steadily expanding outside the world as it is increasingly being used by YouTube personalities, podcasters, hackers, and more. Overall, the company says it counts more than 250 million registered users. Holy cow. So there's money to be made. No wonder they're giving them that much money to buy them. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. 
Intel's hashtag GoPC campaign, this is kind of a funny story, I think, casts Justin Long not as a personification of a computer brand, but rather as himself. You know who this is? Mm -hmm. He's the actor who previously starred as the Mac in Apple's 2006 I'm a Mac and I'm a PC ad campaign. They've officially switched sides, appearing in the ads to mock certain Mac features. For example, he compares everything from the color and style offerings of PCs to MacBooks, uh, and to MacBooks' inability to bend into a tablet. <laughs> that, that a lot of PCs can do, of course, or, or you know, tablets, laptops can do. Uh, the ads also take a shot at PC versus Mac gaming. The new commercial is the latest exchange of not-so-friendly fire between Intel and Apple in recent months. Last fall, you may recall, Apple went from being an Intel customer to an Intel competitor when it replaced the semiconductor giant's x86 chips with its own M1 chips in the newest Mac lineup. Apple brought back John Hodgman, who was the PC guy, to again star as the PC guy in a new ad, Intel is not a happy camper. But hey, <laughs> what's good for the goose is good for the Mac. Reminds me, reminds me of when uh, Sprint hired Verizon's old can-you-hear-me-now guy. <laughs> yeah, and of course he's unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> With T-Mobile buying Sprint. But, uh-huh. but that's kind of, you know, what's you got to expect this kind of stuff. I think it's funny that they've swapped roles and now are competing against the companies that they were originally spokespeople for. But interesting nonetheless. Some Samsung customers in Ireland will receive their orders through a courier that can take to the skies and reach them within a few minutes. The tech giant has teamed up with Mana Drone Delivery to make drone delivery an option for Irish customers, so long as they're purchasing the latest Galaxy devices. Oh. Eligible models include the S21 Ultra, the Galaxy Buds Pro, the Galaxy Tab 7, the Galaxy Watch 3 and Galaxy A series. There are, of course, a few other catches. Orders must be placed via Samsung's Irish website, and the option is only available for customers based in the small town called Ornamore at the moment. Oh, and it comes with a potato. Sure. Aren't they known for potatoes? I don't know. I think so. In movie tech news, the re-release of Avatar in China has helped the James Cameron flick once again become the king of the world when it comes to box office receipts. Avengers Endgame had snagged the crown back in 2019 and held it until Avatar was released in China. Interesting. But I think still holds the record in the U.S. Three months after IKEA announced that it was doing away with its iconic paper catalog, the Swedish furniture company has moved its categorized product listings into a creative audio format. The new digital offering is called the IKEA Audio Catalog, and it has recently made its debut on the IKEA website, Spotify, audiobooks.com, and YouTube. IKEA's debut audio catalog is a 14-part narration that describes the company's 2021 catalog, which is made up of 288 pages, according to its digital version. Shoppers who listen to the audio catalog are guided by a cheerful narrator. But there are no photographs to accompany the descriptions, not even in in its YouTube video playlist. However, the videos on YouTube do feature animated sketches and chapter titles. What I think they need, and you dragged me and some friends of ours through Ikea the other day. It took so long that by the time we got to the cafe, it had closed because we all wanted some Swedish meatballs. But I think what they need is a video that says the names of all the products that you otherwise can't pronounce. Yeah. I mean, one or two are easy. 
the rest of them, it's like, I don't know what this says. Just take a picture of the tag. Don't go asking for it. Just, I want this. Yeah, you got to take uh, Swedish lessons before you go shopping at Ikea. Yeah, I know. And, man, you got to follow the, the lines and the arrows. Although there were, we found finally toward the end, an escape. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fire exit. The alarm went off. It was really a mess. But that's how you deal with that. We want you to be sure and visit us at intotomorrow.com. Among other things, check out Chris's weekly Twith videos. What is Twith, you ask? This week in tech history, 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 because he shows you a whole lot of the cool products, including ones that back then didn't even have video or pictures. But it's all there, and you'll see what I mean. And check out the video of all of our guests, too, at intotomorrow.com. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Here's why. Dish has the nation's lowest TV price, along with an award-winning DVR that can skip commercials, record eight shows at once, and get access to thousands of movies at your fingertips. Cable simply can't even compare. So the smart choice is to cut the cable and get Dish. Plus, you get all these great TV features, free HD DVR upgrade, free installation, and free movie channels. Say goodbye to cable and get more with Dish TV. Call 855-212-6536. 855-212-6536. As an added bonus, you can switch to Dish now and receive a $50 Visa gift card. So call now and get Dish TV. 855-212-6536. 855-212-6536. That's 855-212-6536. Limited time offer, 24-month commitment, and credit qualification required. Can Installation fee, monthly equipment fees, and other restrictions apply. Promotion can change at any time. Now in our 26th year on the air, bringing you further into tomorrow... I'm Dave Gravelion as we cover the latest in consumer technology, including products, gadgets, gizmos, software, websites, apps, whatever the case, available today and into tomorrow. Most importantly, other than thanking you for tuning in, we want to thank you in advance for calling in, for participating on the program, because you make the show. Your questions, your comments, your help for other listeners all of that is what we thrive on. So do please consider anytime, 24-7, doesn't have to be right now when you're hearing us on the radio or watching our videos or streams or podcasts, whatever, however you get into tomorrow. But anytime convenient to you, you can call the following toll-free number, 800-899-INTO, one 800 899 4686. And there's even a new way to participate when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. On the right-hand side, no matter what device you're on, computer, laptop, uh, your phone, your tablet, whatever the case, little red button on the side that says, Ask Dave with a microphone. So you can ask us anything, and we'll address it on the very next program. We do want to hear from you. Our next guest is with a nonprofit organization focused on understanding and addressing media's impact on child development. So if you're a parent or a grandparent or a child for that matter, 
This is very important. Our guest is the founder and president of Children and Screens, the Institute for Digital Media and Child Development, Dr. Pam Hurst Della Pietra. Dr. Pam, welcome into tomorrow. How are you? Very well, thank you, Dave. Uh, thanks for the invitation. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Where are you joining us from? Uh, I'm joining you from Long Island, New York. Oh, Long Island. Very good. Well, glad to have you with us. And I mentioned in your introduction that uh, all parents and grandparents especially need to pay attention to the kinds of important information that you impart. Tell me first a little bit about the Institute, the organization itself, and then we'll get into some of the details. Sure. I founded uh, Children and Screens, the Institute of Digital Media and Child Development, in 2013 and has since become uh, one of the nation's leading uh, conveners, uh, curators of scientific information, and we on the subject of children and digital media. Uh, so we advance research on the topic and uh, we educate the public as we're doing today. And we also advocate for sound public policy in this arena. So that's some of what we do. And since the p pandemic began, we've been busier than ever. Oh, I can uh, imagine. Trying to help parents through this really, you know, challenging and difficult time. Uh, we're really glad that you know, your, uh, your viewers are here. People can check out our tips and our webinars. Uh, we have just given, I think, our 30th webinar since the pandemic began. Wow. And happy to hear from from anybody who has any questions at info at com. Okay, terrific. Of course, keeping children safe, whether it be during a pandemic, but certainly all the time, yet still giving them room to grow. I know it's, it's kind of one of your mission statements. Yes, with the advent of these devices, uh, I think a lot of parenting has been disrupted, uh, both as parents are more involved with their screens as well as well as their children. Sometimes we have to really think about, uh, you know, the extent to which a parent has control over what uh, content and uh, devices their children have. And um, so uh, sometimes, you know, parents have relinquished some of this to the kids, to their own devices, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, when is it that a parent can feel comfortable, if you will, uh, kind of allowing their children at what age, basically, I'm asking, uh, to introduce devices into the child's life if the child hasn't already managed to do so on their own? I would say that it really does depend on the age and uh, it really depends on the child, the age, uh, their unique uh, characteristics uh, their developmental stage, uh, and of course, you know, the family's values. So you could think about this in terms of like a car. You, uh, you do everything you can, you know, when the child's born to keep the child very safe and secure. And you, uh, for example, you would have a, a car seat when, you know, you're bringing the baby back from the hospital mm -hmm. and then eventually booster seat, sitting in the back seat and then the front seat and then eventually driving the car, right? It's really graduated in a graduated fashion, right? And to that extent, you really need to be able to give kids the rules of the road, starting from really a young age. And as the children get older, if you feel that and you watch them and you feel that they're handling these devices responsibly in the way that 
you care about and that they have self-control, you might want to give them a little bit more leeway. But, you know, I wouldn't necessarily give a child their own device. Uh, I would keep it uh, for as long as I could. And, um, of course, for some kids, it is a rite of passage. But, uh, you know, in terms of introducing the digital media, that's going to be up to each individual parent. It could be showing a little one uh, a show, uh, an educational show at age two. For some, it's four. You know, for some, Mm. it's five. It really depends. So it's not so much of giving them a device at four or five years old as it is being able to introduce them to a a tablet or a phone to watch a show that they may be interested in. Uh, But I hear parents kind of screaming in my head saying, "Okay, but if my child's kind of average, you know, nothing special, uh, but they're 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 hanging in there with other kids. At what age has the Institute even come up with saying on average you know, at what age do do we introduce, most parents introduce a phone to them or a tablet or some sort of device that uh, we can then talk, of course, momentarily about how much time they should spend on it. But at what point is it appropriate uh, for a child to even have their own phone? Right. Well, um, that, again, is also a personal issue. Some people uh, believe that Kids should wait until eighth, let's say, eighth grade before being given a phone. There's a lot of different considerations and, you know, in terms of safety, uh, for example. Um, So some parents want their child to be, you know, in contact with, with them. And so they would really want some kind of device. And you can have uh, what's called a dumb phone if you want the child to be able to be in contact with you. So not necessarily full control over the internet. It really depends on uh, what kind of controls you'd like to have set up on the devices, what the need is, as I said, what the developmental stage is, and what, you know, this child's peers are doing. So, for example, sometimes uh, if if all of the kids in, in a child's school uh, has an iPhone, you know, th- there's going to be a time when the parent needs to decide whether or not they will allow uh, their uh, child or their teen to have uh, have a phone as well. But it really has to do with working with the co-parent and discussing what is your values with regard to technology use and, and also trying to model consistency your your values consistently uh, in the home. So, for example, if the parents, you know, value their kids spending a lot of time outdoors, let's say in an unplugged way, then maybe the parents should, you know, try to model this behavior. If they would like uh, the child not, you know, to to be sort of front and center when the parent is talking with them, maybe they also could put their devices down when they are speaking with the child and maybe not walk in the front door talking on the phone mm-hmm. or, um, you know, kind of trying to limit uh, the parents' use of the devices to times when uh, the, 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 the little one, let's say, has gone to sleep uh, or something like that. Of course, we understand that a lot of parents are, are working it from home right now. Sure. But, you know, as I mentioned or I alluded, the absolute, you know, minimum age would be two. Uh, and the American Academy of Pediatrics uh, sort of 
is consistent with that. Of course, there you know there are always exceptions, uh, Dave, uh, with respect to communicating with grandma in Florida <laughs> over over Zoom or Skype or what have you, right? Or if you want to see a moving picture, a giraffe in Africa, uh, something like that, uh, where that uh, you know where the parent is being very mindful. Right. It sounds when you were talking about if all the other kids in their class, for example, at whatever grade they're in, uh, already have a phone, doesn't have to be an iPhone, but a smartphone, uh, <laughs> doesn't have to have a piece of fruit on it to be a good piece of electronics. Just want to point that out. Uh, but it sounds like peer pressure, but it's peer pressure for the parents uh, more so than the child. I mean, sure, they're thinking, yeah, maybe they're even want us wanting to say, well, I have one, but I have to keep it at home just to kind of cover themselves, if you will, because of that peer pressure. We're going to take a quick break and continue our discussion with Dr. Pam Hurst Della Pietra. She is the founder and president of Children and Screens Institute of Digital Media and Child Development. You want to visit childrenandscreens.com while you're also visiting into tomorrow.com. Stay tuned. I can't get my computer to work. Let me help you with that. How'd you do that? I just got techie with Geeks On Site. Our geeks literally come on site. No need to stop what you're doing or block off time. We come to your home, office, or wherever you are. And we don't just fix whatever computer issues you might be having. We explain and teach you along the way so you can feel empowered and then help others at home or in your office. Better yet, don't have time for tech support to come to you? Let us remote into your desktop or laptop, and one of our geeks will instantly walk you through. We offer affordable prices on our remote services and IT support. You and those in your office will never have to wait hours to have your technical questions answered. Get your free computer diagnosis today with your very own geek. Get started now and we'll help you instantly. Call 855-399-9886. 855-399-9886. That's 855-399-9886. We're back bringing you further into tomorrow, talking with the founder and president of Children and Screens, Institute of Digital Media and Child Development, Dr. Pam Hurst Della Pietra. How do you recommend that parents first approach the kids and say, all right, I think you're old enough. I think you can be responsible, but we're going to have some parental controls. How does a parent speak to their child about that uh, and get that conversation going uh, so that maybe you break it to them gently, but there's going to be rules? Yes, I think that, you know, what you're saying is very true. It's also how the kids communicate today. A lot of kids are communicating via social media. So that's something that parents really also need to consider in terms of uh, the pressure on them. But in sort of talking about the, the conversation, I think the first thing to do would be to evaluate what, what your challenges may be uh, before you even get into it. Are, are, what are we actually going to be talking about today, for example? Uh, are you going to talk about sort of what times of days 
the children you would like your kids to be on the screens? Absolutely. Or sometimes, when do I feel frustrated about when my kids are on the screen instead of being with me? Is it okay to play video games? And what time, what kind of video games, what, what video games are aligned with my values? Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, uh, you know, what's worried me about, you could think about, like, what's worried uh, uh, me about my kids' uh, digital media use over the couple, you know, last couple of weeks. So first is kind of internalizing, looking inward about, you know, what is it that bothers you as a parent? And, um, you know, you can also think about, you know, what do I know about various consequences of using digital media? Um, We have lots of information on our website at www.childreninscreens.com. You know, different different questions are going to matter to different families. This conversation would sort of lead into, hopefully, a family media plan. Uh, sort of cut and pasting the, the sections that really matter to a parent themselves uh, or parents themselves. But it also, I think, should be done, especially with older children, really in a, a joint fashion so that they they feel like they have agency. They feel like they're buying into whatever has been decided. And there's going to be a lot more you know, sort of uh, they'll follow whatever they themselves have, you know, have created and planned. But, you know, make sure that to start with that everyone's well rested, well fed and calm, then you can have start having the conversation and sort of, as I mentioned, you, you want to discuss with them, like, when are they going to use their devices for entertainment versus homework versus connection. So that's kind of how I divide these things up. And, you know, how long are kids spending on, on various platforms? What uh, they enjoy about it? Uh, what concerns you about it? What concerns them about it in terms of healthy use of it? What do you feel is healthy use of the devices? And when do you feel like it gets unhealthy? Like, for example, if they have it in their bedrooms and they're waking up in the middle of the night, to respond to a streak or to be gaming um, and then their impulse control uh, situations with respect. I know this is a long answer here, <laughs> but uh, there's, you know, when when is it that they're going to check their phones? So, for example, a lot of kids are checking their phones between like 40 and 180 times uh, a day. Wow. And of course, parents probably are checking their phones, aside from work-related checking, almost as many times, if not more so, depending on how addicted we get to anti-social media. Um, And and I'm guessing this next uh, question probably pertains uh, to various age groups as well. But do you guys uh, recommend uh, parental monitoring apps? And if so, uh, what features should a parent look for? Uh, if they're monitoring their kids' activities, uh-huh. so um, it really there are a lot of there are a lot of concerns to take into account uh, with respect to the monitoring apps. We don't necessarily recommend any in particular, but um, there's a lot out there. And for example, there's an expert in online safety whose name is Caroline Bunting, who you know talks about four specific qualities, and they are uh, control, coverage. Uh, specific, uh, you know, simplicity and value. 
And so, you know, in terms of these, um, you know, sort of, you know, with respect to the control, you want to specify, you know, various uh, uh, limits for certain activities and certain websites, right? True. Rather than enforcing blanket cutoff times um, and manage the devices uh, that do not uh, require an apps that don't require internet access. And in terms of coverage, um, you also want might want to think about multi-device usage. Uh, so you can address that with some of the apps in terms of multi-platform. So it's not just, you know, blocking YouTube. It's blocking, you know, other, it's blocking things on, you know, people as kids have so many different devices, depending on the circumstances. Right. Of course, some kids have only, let's say, one device. But, you know, it's common in, in today's family life that, you know, a child could have a, a laptop and a, a cell phone and a desktop, for example, uh, maybe an iPad, right? Yeah. So you want to try to try to think about that. And then in terms of simplicity, sort of uh, coming up with uh, sort of simple solutions instead of something that requires a lot of a lot of work on your part and a lot of work on your child's part, and then you know the value of it. So if it means that your child's constantly coming to you and saying, "I can't get onto my website for this or that," and or if there's if it's creating a lot of arguments with your children, you know maybe you have to go back and you know have that family discussion again. Sure, because we certainly don't want to create uh, tension. Uh, we want to alleviate that. Right. And there's so much more that we want to get into, but we are way over time. So we'll just have to get you back again sometime soon. But in the meantime, I invite our audience, of course, to visit childrenandscreens.com. We'll get you there when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. Come and check out the video of the interview with Dr. Pam. And Dr. Pam Hurst Della Pietra is the founder and president of Children and Screens Institute of Digital Media and Child Development. Could you have made that any longer? Uh, but it, it's easy to get online. Childrenandscreens.com. You can remember that because it's very important. Thanks so much for spending a few minutes with us. Thank you very much, Dave. It's been a real pleasure. Our pleasure as well. Again, Childrenandscreens.com. Visit us at intotomorrow.com and we'll get you there. And you'll see what Dr. Pam and her team are up to. We're back with more as Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline right here on the Advanced Media Network. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. Get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at Blueberry.com. It's like a blueberry without the E's. So B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. It's the Into Tomorrow broadcast for the weekend of Friday, March 26th, 2021. Thanks for tuning Into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet, high-speed satellite internet available where you live or work. Text RADIO to 35000 to get more info. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000. It's time for our history feature. IFA is one of the largest and oldest tech shows in the world. With this week's look back at IFA's historic past. 
Here's Chris Grave line. IFA history, IFA history. The first professional studio tape recorder came to the market in the U.S. in 1948 with the Ampex 200. Two years later in Germany, Grundig and AEG began producing the first tape recorders for home use. Wow. At the Funkausstellung in 1953, Grundig showed an open reel tape recorder with six-inch reels and reverse operation. Ten years later, the end had come for the complicated open-reel recorders, as the compact cassette offered easy operation with a tiny cassette housing the tape. Both technologies were introduced at IFA. That's this week's IFA update brought to you by Messe Berlin. Be sure to visit ifa-berlin.com. And you know who else was there when he was barely a year old? I do. Okay. Call in win stuff. Thank you. He has the cutest passport photo I showed him on my computer the other day, and he even went, aw, that was me? <laughs> I said, but was, was you? Yeah, it is you. But he was less than a year old when he, we had to get his passport because he went with us to IFA almost nine years ago. He'll be nine in a couple of weeks. Because yeah, I remember at CVS having to get his passport photo. He was obviously too short for the thing, so I, he's on my shoulders, and they just took a picture of him up <laughs> above my shoulders. <laughs> for his passport photo. <laughs> yes. How cool is that? So if you want to call in and say, happy birthday, Cameron, we'll be sure he hears those messages as well. 800-899-INTO, or even even gooder. Yeah, I'm a talk show host, and I say that. Even gooder, use the new web app, if you will, at intotomorrow.com. You'll see what I mean with the little red microphone off to the side, and that would be very cool. Clifton in Toledo, Ohio. Welcome into tomorrow. I understand Windows 7 does not work anymore on my computer. Do I need to purchase a new computer to get Windows 10, or can I download it? Well, Clifton, the vast majority of computers that could run Windows 7 can run Windows 10. Microsoft buried an obscure mention of the computer's processor needing to support PAE, NX, and SSE2 to be able to run Windows 10. But their main official line was, the requirements are the same as they were for Windows 7. Now, that means that you almost certainly don't need a new computer to run Windows 10, and Microsoft has free software that will run a check for you and confirm that and that software is probably already on your computer if you've kept it updated. Yeah, now, there are some bad news, though. For a pretty long while, Windows 10 was a free upgrade to anyone that had Windows 7. Mm-hmm. Microsoft was pushing really hard to move people to Windows 10 after Windows 8 flopped, and they offered it as a free upgrade. Now, unfortunately, that period ended in 2016. As you can see, Windows 10 has been around for a while. Yeah, very true. And and I remember we ran around our offices and studios up, upgrading everything we possibly could when it was still free, because that's what you had to do. Uh, we've heard reports, though, of people being able to upgrade and activate Windows 10 with their Windows 7 key, so you may get lucky. Not likely, but it could happen. But officially, the free upgrade period is over, has been for years, and has been uh, an opportunity that you should expect to need to spend the price of a new license, of course, that's what Microsoft wants to get the money out of you. Yeah, Windows 7 is no longer supported by Microsoft. So upgrading, even if it does end up costing you the price of a new Windows 10 license, is probably worth it anyway, just to continue to have upgrades and patches available. Yeah. 
Dave in Erie, Pennsylvania listens on WPSE Money Radio. Hello, Dave. I have a laptop computer, HP, and when I go to type stuff in, it will not let me type anything in. I have to reboot it, try it again. I don't know what to do. I'm not a computer-savvy person, so... uh, I don't know why it keeps doing that, but you just can't type letters in sometimes, and I don't know what's going on. Boy, don't you just hate when that happens, Dave? I certainly can relate. It's hard to give you any advice on just that, but if the restarts work, then it sounds like it's likely software-based. Now, if that's the case, unless you have some kind of customization that hijacks some of your keys for shortcuts, like press F4 to automatically paste some given text or something like that, the most likely cause is probably drivers. Yeah, the catch there is that keyboards tend to use pretty standard drivers, and the ones that your laptop uses for its keyboard have probably been pretty much unchanged for a long time. Drivers are just software, and they can break after an operating system update, so it's worth having a look. Now, if possible, see if you can update them. Uh, There's probably something custom running on your computer to account for extra keys. If nothing else, removing or updating that might fix the issue. Yeah, I hope that we've helped to solve that problem, Dave. Let us know what you end up uh, doing and what worked best for you. It'll help others with a, a similar issue. And when you participate on the program, as Dave did, when you call, when you use our new web call option at intotomorrow.com or the following 800 number, you win prizes. 800-899-INTO, which is 800-899-4686. And in terms of prizes, what do we always like to tell people? No promises, no guarantees, but if you tell us some of these prizes when you call in, we'll do our best to get that to you. Yeah, because we want to get you something that you will use, that you can actually take advantage of. So let us know. Mention two or three items, uh, and whatever is available, if if we still have that available, it can be yours just for participating on the program. Like... From TurboTax, we've got online codes good for any of their products to help you file your income tax fast and easily. Yeah, we've got some really cool things to help you with your tech rage. It's a fun new way to manage that. Pet Peanut, you might ask for one of those. Benji Lock has provided some fingerprint padlocks. The key is at your fingertips. Turtle Beach with Stealth 700 wireless gaming headsets available. LFO has provided infrared e-therm ear and forehead thermometers for babies, kids, and adults. And other goodies, and you can find them when you get the weekly tech newsletter. And sign up for that at intotomorrow.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 Network today. We'll get them off your back. 
as one of our listeners said a while back, we are his technology auditory gem every week. We thank you for that. You're tuned into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. I prefer the other listener who called us his gas ex for technology. That's also yeah. true. <laughs> Either way, hopefully very accurate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Blueberry Podcasting. It's easy to give your own podcast a try. No contracts or cancellation fees. Go to blubrry.com and start your free trial. That's Blueberry without the ease. Very cool. Liz in Windsor, Ontario, Canada, now listening online. Welcome into tomorrow. Okay. I was under the impression, quite possibly a mistaken one, that a smart TV would allow me to watch what was on my iPhone or iPad through my TV. I know these devices are smart, but me, not so much. (laughs) Oh, Liz, don't say that. You were smart enough to participate, call in, and let us help you out. Uh, To play your iOS content on your TV, you'll need AirPlay. There are a few ways to get AirPlay, but the most common is through an official Apple device. The other ways are a little bit on the technical side, and you probably don't want to deal with them. Yeah, there's some TVs that have AirPlay built in. The uh, Vizio that you have in your living room has mm-hmm. got AirPlay built into yeah. it. Um, now, the cheapest and easiest way to play most of your content from your iOS device on your TV would probably be a Chromecast. They're made by Google, and they start at around 30 bucks. They're not perfect, but they're easy enough to use, and their only real mission is to put content from phones or tablets onto the TVs. An Apple TV will be the most seamless way to play content from your iOS devices, but they're standalone devices as well and will cost you a lot more. Yeah. Apple wants to get every nickel they can from you all the time, but at least you do have some options. I think Chromecast is the cheapest way to go in that sense. But if you mention from your iPhone or your iPad, perhaps wouldn't she already have AirPlay on it? The iPhone and iPad would, yeah. but the device you're trying to cast to has to also have AirPlay. Gotcha. Okay. I hope we helped you out, Liz. Let us know what you end up doing. When you visit us at intotomorrow.com and you see that new way to participate on the right side, the little microphone, red box, says Ask Dave. Also, a little red box should pop up asking only for your email address. Why do we do that? to add you to our email tech newsletter list and because it's a double opt-in and we don't spam you and we don't share your email address with anyone and did one of those answers answer your question yeah they kind of all did (laughs) more or less kind of sort of but he's right about that we ask only for your email address and we don't share it with anyone but it allows you to then get our weekly tech newsletter for free and the double opt-in thing means that you, when you put in your email, watch for an email from us, automated, that says, click here to be sure, because we don't spam anyone and we want to make sure you want to receive it. Then you click that, voila, you're in. Among other things like tech news and Beth's tech tip every week, happy birthday, Beth, um, we have things like uh, this. William Shatner taps AI to preserve himself for future generations. Oh, God. Would that be Star Trek generations? I don't know. Mm. Of course, you can read about that and other things in this week's Into Tomorrow tech newsletter. William Shatner, who I met him the first time with Dick Van Dyke. We were doing an event, and Dick Van Dyke was very personable and awesome, and William Shatner was an SOB. Yeah, I've heard that, too. Yeah, just saying. Intotomorrow.com. Let's meet there. Bringing you the latest in consumer electronics and technology, this has been Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline. 
to participate with Dave and his tech geniuses and win prizes anytime, 24-7. Use our free Into Tomorrow app for your iPhone, Android, and Netflooks. Available in your app store or call 1-800-899-INTO. That's 1-800-899-4686. Be sure to visit our website anytime to read our show notes and watch our ITTV videos at intotomorrow.com. And join us next week as we bring you further Into Tomorrow. Tomorrow.